Well, Merry Christmas Embrace uh, to all of our campuses and network churches. We're excited that you've joined us. Uh, Is it close enough to Christmas to say Merry Christmas? Yeah, Yeah, okay, good. I'm usually a stickler about that, but I think when we get like a couple weeks out, uh, it's okay to say a Merry Christmas. Uh, My name, if you don't know me, my name is Travis, and I am the campus pastor out at the T campus. Uh, so for the past few weeks, we've, we've been in a series called Christmas at Embrace, where we've been taking a Christmas carol each week. We've been diving into that Christmas carol, into the lyric of it, and seeing, like, what does this actually mean uh, for our lives? And so today we are doing the Christmas carol, looking at the Christmas carol, O Come All Ye Faithful. Now, we don't know much about this Christmas carol. Uh, we don't even know who wrote it. Uh, they think that maybe St. Bonaventure in the 13th century wrote it, or maybe King John IV of Portugal wrote it, or one of sites said, we think just a bunch of monks wrote this song. So that was like, we don't care. We're just going to say a bunch of monks did this. All we do know is that it was written in Latin originally, and the original version had four verses. And so there's a lot in this song, but what we're going to focus in on is just one verse, and it's my favorite verse in the whole song, and it is, O come, let us adore him. Um, But before we do that, um, I ha- this is extremely random, and I need you to be honest with me. How many of you in this room remember a website called hotornot.com? Just a couple of you? Yeah, you're all about my age, too, I think. Uh, when, uh, if you have never heard of this website, uh, you are a better human being than me. And do not go there. It still exists to this, this day. But I used to, my freshman year in college, frequent hotornot.com. And if you don't know what this is about, let me tell you. You go on hotornot.com and you look at photos that people have uh, put up on the website and you rate them from 1 to 10 on how hot the person is, 10 being hot, one being not, of course. And so you could go uh, rate people, but here's the kicker. You could also go and upload your own photo to hotornot.com and get a hotness rating. And this was great for your self-esteem because nothing is more kind and gentle than the internet, right? They're just, if anyone's going to be nice to you, uh, it's the internet. So I never did this. I never uploaded my photo. I was bald at the age of 19, and I had a feeling that no one would see my beauty through my baldness. And so I never did this, but you guys are safe people, right? Are you safe people, all of our campuses? So uh, how hot is this guy right here? Come on, how hot is this guy? One to ten. Shoot, just give me some numbers. Four. If you didn't hear that at our campuses, someone said a four. That is me with hair. So um, four, that's below average. Four is like a D minus, right, or something? (laughs) Believe it or not, this connects to the message in some way. Uh, In our line for today, let us come and adore him. Uh, This word adore uh, means to deeply value something or to deeply love something or someone. So if you were to say, I adore Starbucks coffee, which maybe some of you do, you would be saying, I deeply love Starbucks coffee. I value Starbucks coffee so much that I'm willing to give my time and my money to it. Adoration is what we value and what we love. Now, 
Uh, we do this all the time in our days. Any person, place, idea, or any object that comes past our eyes, anything we encounter, we place a value to it. We rate it, kind of like hotornot.com. Um, anything that comes by us, we give it a rating. And we do this internally in our brains. We don't actually give it a number, but whatever it is, we put a rating on it. Do I value this? Do I love this? And what I value the most and what I love the most is what I adore. So to put this in an equation, what we value plus what we love equals what we adore. So on your rating scale, your adoration rating scale, uh, maybe your family is super high, like I value, I love, I adore my family, and really low on that uh, rating scale might be Adam Weber's new beard that he has, like that's ugly and weird, please shave it, you know, like what's going on, we don't love that, we don't value that, shave it Adam, would you please. Um, So what we love plus what we value equals what we adore. But I don't really care to talk about today how much you adore all the random things in your life. But what I do care about today is the question that I think is posed to us from our song. Oh, come, let us adore him. And that question is, do you, do I adore Jesus Christ? Do I love him? Do I value him? And now, I don't mean, uh, do I intellectually agree that Jesus should be loved? I don't mean, do I intellectually agree that Jesus is valuable? No, today, do you love him? Like, when you think about Jesus, does it set a fire in your soul? Like, do you value him? Is Jesus better than the football game this afternoon? Is Jesus better than success at your job? Is Jesus better than love? Uh, is Is he better than life itself? Do you adore, do I adore Jesus, because here's the deal. What we adore is what we will give our lives to. Let me say that one more time. What we adore is what we will give our lives to. And what we give our lives to is the place where we will find our purpose. It's where we'll find our joy and we'll find our happiness. So this is not just some churchy question. This is an important question. Do we adore Jesus? So as I thought through this song, I looked through a bunch of different verses to kind of highlight this idea of adoration, and I landed on Psalm 27, and I believe as we take a look through this verse, we're just going to take this verse step by step, and I think as we we go through this verse, you're going to see a pattern of how to grow in your love, in your adoration of Jesus. So let's read that, Psalm 27, verse 4. This is what it says. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Uh, So the first thing that I think I see from this verse that can grow our adoration of Jesus, to grow our love from him, is found right in this. One thing I ask from the Lord, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. If we want to grow in our adoration of Jesus, we must dwell in the house of the Lord. Now, that's maybe a weird word for you. The word dwell is some maybe kind of a churchy word that we don't talk about a lot. We don't say it a lot in our common language. But dwell simply means hang out. 
So if I ask you, where do you dwell? It'd be, hey, where do you hang out? The verse tells us we are to hang out in the house of the Lord. House of the Lord, in this context, probably meant the temple. It could also refer to the church. But more simply, the house of the Lord is the place where God lives. If you think of God's house, that's the place he lives. That's the place that he's present. So this verse is saying, if you want to grow in your adoration of Jesus, you must hang out in the places that God is. You know, if if you don't love Jesus very much, if you don't value Jesus very much, if you don't adore him, maybe one of the first questions we should be asking ourselves is, where are we hanging out? Where are we located? Now, here are a few places that are probably not going to grow your love for Jesus. Disclaimer, these are not bad things, but they probably aren't growing our love for Jesus. On our couch in front of our TV, at, star, at stores buying more stuff that we don't need, uh, in front of our smartphone, uh, at the bars on the weekend, in the social media world of Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, at the houses of friends that constantly lead us to make decisions we regret. Once again, not all bad places, but, it, but if, if where we hang out determines our love and our adoration of Jesus, these are maybe some places we should start to move away from. Um, it was four months ago uh, that I bought myself a flip phone. And if, like, if you don't think I have one, here it is. This is the real deal. Like, I actually paid way too much money for this flip phone, just going to tell you that. Um, why did I get a flip phone? Just being honest with you, I was sick of hanging out in front of my smartphone. I was sick of spending all my time in front of my smartphone. I know there's some of you, you got good boundaries with your phone. So phones are not bad. Don't hear me. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just telling you I had terrible boundaries with my phone, and I was sick and tired of it. But what about pictures? What about maps? I didn't care anymore. I was so tired of wasting my life in front of my phone that I bought a flip phone. And let me tell you, pull one of these puppies out and you are the pariah of the crowd. Like, people are like, what is that thing? They don't even know what it is. But that was, that was me. Like, I had to move away from that place because it was ruining, first and foremost, my time with my family, but it was secondly ruining my time, my ability to adore Jesus Christ. Uh, where are you dwelling? Where are you hanging out that is hurting your ability to adore Jesus? Move away from those places. They're not necessarily bad, but we need to move away from those places. And we need to spend more time in the places that God is. So what are those places? Where is God? Well, what we celebrate in Christmas is that Jesus came from heaven to the earth. Literally, the scripture says that Jesus came to dwell with us. So God is everywhere around us. So you need to ask yourself the question, where do I see God? Like, where are the places where I felt God's presence? That might be in your room, on your knees, in prayer. That might be in front of your Bible. That might be at church. That might be out to coffee with a friend. That might be out in nature. I don't know where it is, but wherever you have felt the presence of the Lord, run to those places and stop hanging out in the places that are killing your adoration of Jesus. So that's the first thing I see in this uh, scripture, that we need to hang out in the places that God is. 
The second thing I see in this verse, and this is, this is what it says, one thing I ask from the Lord, to gaze, to see the beauty of the Lord. Uh, we are supposed to see God's beauty. If we want to adore him, we have to see his beauty. Think of the things in your life that are beautiful. Maybe a sunset, a painting, the mountains, a song, the ocean, friendship, your kids. Now think of the feeling you get when you see those things. That's beauty. When we, when we see things that please us, that is beauty. But my guess is if you're anything like me, you maybe find those things more beautiful than Jesus. Like the same feeling you get when you look at a sunset isn't the same feeling you get when you look at Jesus. If you're anything like me, you maybe find Jesus more boring than beautiful. Now the thing is, Jesus isn't boring. He is beautiful. And if we don't see Jesus as beautiful, we, have a, we don't have a Jesus problem. We have a seeing problem. Some of the most beautiful things in the world are not recognized as beautiful at first look. Some of the most beautiful things in the world take time to see. We live in a fast food culture. Right? We think everything should be served to us on a platter in five minutes left. That's not how beauty works. Beauty is not quickly seen. It takes time to cultivate it. Uh, this was a few months ago too, probably about four months ago, someone came up to me and they said, hey, Travis, what are your hobbies? I'm like, uh, I got four children. I don't have any hobbies. I go to work, I go home with my kids, and I do it over and over. If I have one hobby, it's like trying to get my kids to not drive me insane. Like, that is my hobby. But after they shared this with me, I said, you know, it really would be good. I should probably have another outlet outside of just family and work, something to just do something to spend my time with. So I, and you might think this is a little weird, uh, but I decided my hobby was going to be reading poetry. So... Uh, I start, I buy this book of poems, and this is the thing you got to realize about me. Like, I have an undergraduate degree in math. Like, I am black and white. I crunch numbers. I'm analytical. Like, and there's like zero creativity in this brain. Like, it is just, it, it, it's, it's a calculator. And so, I, but I've always, poems have always interested me. And so I buy this book of poems, and I, I'm reading through it, and I'm getting through a few poems, and I'm like, I have no idea what these mean. I have no idea what these poems are saying. And so I do what any good mathematician will do. I Googled it. I said, I Googled, how do you read poems? I literally did this, which is probably the most unpoetic thing ever to do. I, I Googled, how do you read poems? And this is what uh, Google told me. Three steps to reading poems. First step is you need to read through the whole poem. Second step, this is really important. You need to read through the whole poem again. Third step. You know what it is, don't you? You need to read through the whole poem again. And what I got from that is poetry takes time. It's, you can't microwave the beauty out of a poem. You can't, it can't come, the beauty doesn't come quickly from a poem. It needs to be cultivated. This is the same thing with Jesus. If we want to adore Jesus, if we want to see his beauty, it takes time. Jesus is not boring. Jesus is beautiful. The problem is we are blind. Jesus is not boring. Jesus is beautiful. The problem is we are blind. 
So don't write off Jesus. Don't write off church. Don't write off reading your Bible. Don't write off trying to see God in your every day. Do those things. Spend time doing those things. Cultivate the beauty of the Lord in your life because it can't be microwaved. I know we all want the five-minute devotion to make our life better. It doesn't work that way. The beauty of the Lord takes time, and that's so true of the most beautiful things in this world. They don't come quickly. They need to be cultivated. So that's the second thing I see from this verse, that we need to take time to see the beauty of the Lord. The last thing I see in this verse, it says, the one thing that I ask from the Lord, the only thing do I seek, to seek him in his temple. If we want to adore the Lord, we need to seek him. We need to search for him. We need to try to find him. Now, this might seem really basic to you, but in order to find something, in order to seek after something, you have to expect something is there. Expectation plays a huge role in our ability to search. It plays a huge role in our ability to find things. For example, uh, let's say I say, say to you, hey, we're going to play a game that we're going to play hide-and-go-seek. But here's the deal. You're going to play hide-and-go-seek alone. You think I'm a lunatic. Like, you can't play hide-and-go-seek alone. There's no point. There's no point to hide-and-seek alone. After you're done counting, you have to expect that there is someone to find. Hide and seek doesn't make any sense without expectation. I think we don't do a good job seeking after the Lord because we don't really expect to find him. We don't expect for him to show up. I mean, we maybe saw God one time at that awesome Christian conference with that awesome music, We maybe saw God one time uh, when we went through that really hard season in our life. God showed up. Or we maybe saw God one time when that really wise person talked to us and gave us those words that we live by. But listen to this. What if instead of seeing God that one time, we expected to see God all the time? Instead of just seeing God that one time, what if we expect to see him all the time? Here's the deal. Today is not the best day of your life. The people around you are not going to be the best versions of the self. This message is not going to be the best message you've ever heard. The music will not be the best music you've ever sung. The verses in your Bible won't be the best verses you've ever read. Today is just an average day. But guess what? Our God is not the God of just the great. He is the God of the average. He is in everything. He's in the worst and he's in the best and he's in the medium. Seek after him with expectation. If we're getting nothing out of church, if we're getting nothing out of reading our Bible, if we're getting nothing out of small group, if Jesus seems like nothing most of our days, maybe we are getting nothing because we are expecting nothing. Maybe we're getting nothing because we are expecting nothing. God is everywhere. He's reflected in all things. God is in a cloudy sunset. God is in an unending sickness. God is in a lackluster sermon. And God is in a poorly played song. God is in everything. The question is, are we seeking him in everything? When we come to church, when we do stuff, like when we go through our day, when we go to work, are we expecting that he's there? 
Because nine, nine times out of ten, we don't. We have no expectation. So that's the third thing. Um, if we want to adore Jesus Christ, we need to seek him with expectation. So the three things is we, we have to hang out where Jesus is present. Uh, we must take time to see his beauty, and we must seek him with expectation. Um, a few years back, I went on a, uh, a vacation to Hawaii with my wife. Hawaii is like heaven. It's one of the greatest places in the world. Not better than South Dakota, but you know, that was a joke. Uh, so we went to Hawaii, and one of the things I wanted to do when we were in Hawaii is I wanted to go to the Space Observatory on Mauna Kea. Yeah, I'm a nerd, I know. So I uh, forget about the beaches, I wanted to see the stars. And so I got this brochure about the Space Observatory. When I read it, they said, hey, an hour before the sun sets, uh, we play a documentary in the tourist center that you can come and watch. And so being the nerd I am, I said, Jess, to this my wife, I said, we're going to go up to the mountain and we're going to get there early so I can see this documentary. So we get in our car, we travel up the mountain, we get there an hour early. And as we're walking into the tourist center, my wife sees that there's people hiking on the hills. And she said, you know what? I'm going to go hike. You can go watch your documentary. I'm like, okay, sounds good. So I go in, I start watching this documentary and I realize about five minutes in, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Like, I thought it was going to be about the stars, about telescopes, but the documentary was about the political maneuvering they had to do to get the telescopes on the mountain. That might be interesting to you, not so much uh, to me. And so this documentary was about 50 minutes long. I watched all 50 minutes, and I think I fell asleep about three times through it. It was terrible. So the documentary gets over, and I go outside and I see my wife, and she looks at me, and she's like, you're never going to believe what you missed. This is what I missed. She climbed up the mountain and watched the sun set onto the clouds. I've never, I don't know if you've seen that. I've never seen that before. Still haven't seen it, obviously. That's why it's in my message. <laughs> she watched the sun set into the clouds. While I watched a disappointing documentary, my wife, wife watched the sun dip into the clouds. But here's the deal. I just wish someone, my wife, I wish somebody would have came into that tourist center and said, come outside, see what you're missing. The boring documentary is not comparing to what we are seeing outside. Would you come outside and see what you are missing? And this right here, come outside, see what you're missing, is what our song is trying to tell us. Oh, come all you faithful. Come, see what you are missing. Jesus, he is better than whatever you're giving your time. Don't miss this. Come outside, the baby has been bored. Let us adore him. Come, let us adore the maker of the world who was born in a manger. Come, let us adore the one who gave a chance to cheating tax collectors. Come, let us adore the one who made a prostitute his friend. Come, let us adore the one who raised a rotting person from the dead. Come, let us adore the one who stills the winds and the wave. Come, let us adore the one who was murdered, but still for grave. And for us, 
Adore the one who created the children you cherish. Adore the one who wants to mend your marriage. Adore the one who wants to make something out of your worst messes. Adore the one who receives us through all of our rejections. Adore the one who sees and feels every pain. Adore the one who created you, created me, and knows our name. He is our Lord. He is our Jesus. He is our King. He is so much better. He's so much more valuable. He's so much more lovely than anything we give our time to. The only question is, will we come? Come, let us adore him. Come, all ye faithful. This song, uh, it, it beckons us. It invites us into a better life, a better way. The question is, when we leave this place, because I know the rigmarole that is church, right? So we, we come here and we leave. We come here and we leave. But when we leave, we have to keep on coming to see God. Come, let us adore him. Will you? Will you start hanging out in different places? Will you spend time to see his beauty because we can't microwave it? And then will you seek him every moment of your day with expectation? Know that on Monday, he's at your job. On Monday night, when your kids are driving you nuts, he's there. He's there on Sunday. He's there at your small group. He's everywhere. Would you seek him with expectation? Come, let us adore him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you're worthy. We're sorry that we're so blind. God, we miss you in so many things. We miss you. Lord, open our eyes so that we can see the beauty of the Lord. Help us to have the courage to not hang out in places that would ruin our adoration of you. And help us to seek you with expectation. Help us to know when we leave this church, you're out there. You're not just in here. You're out there. We want to see you in everything. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.